Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Arrow Bandwidth. And uh, I'm really, really pleased to say that I'm joined today again by my co-host and my uh, northern buddy, Rich Holmes. Hello, Rich. How are you doing? Hello, mate. Hello. How are you? And yes, a a bit of much-deserved time off. And, you know, you go away, you come back, and all I find is you're talking about botnets, malware, and quite frankly, scaring the life out of me. So I'm glad yeah. I'm glad you covered that in uh, in yeah. a podcast while I was away. So. I must admit, that wasn't one for the faint-hearted, that's for <laughs> sure. That's well, for sure. Glad to be back, mate. Glad to be back. Good, 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 good. So the purpose of this episode is to cover um, a topic that could be termed as a bit of an elephant, of the ro- an elephant in the room as far as our, our coverage of topics so far. And that's, uh, that's one for all you big data geeks out there. It's big data. We're going to be covering off um, exactly what this buzzword is all about. Uh, as per normal, trying to cut through a lot of the, um, a lot of the complexity and, and some of the sort of misunderstanding and misinterpretation of big data and, uh, and getting hopefully, hopefully, to the point where we can really start to, to, to get people's understanding to the point where they can understand and put a bit of context around it and go to the customers and start to articulate exactly how to, to implement and sort of have those big data conversations in, in their customers' organizations. Oh, I like what you did there. If anybody else gets the elephant reference at, at the minute, like I just have, then shame on us, because we're edging towards being data scientists. Ah, big data so, geeks, big data go, geeks. Yeah. So as with all our previous episodes, we start with a question. Big data is one of the biggest buzzwords in the industry today. Where, well, but where, and how should the channel start to engage with customers in their big data opportunities? It's a bit of, without once again meaning to sound like a bit of a big data geek, it's a big question. It's a loaded it's question. It's a big question. Mate. So I, I think anybody who's involved in IT today or, or anybody that, you know, watches, you know, tech programs, listens to tech podcasts, everyone will have come across the phrase, Big data, yep. and and you kind of think, oh, big data. Well, you know, I don't know what what is it. Well, I know what data is. I know what big means, but you know, what 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 is big data? And I I know it sounds a stupid question, but I I have I have prepared for this podcast for once. Blimey! Hey, what do you Check reckon? it out. Hey, episodes in, and we're starting to act one, professional. One does never cease. <laughs> so I've got I've got a couple a couple couple of quick stats stats just to try and put this whole kind of when we talk about big data, what do we mean? So I'm going to try and relate this to, to our everyday lives, right? Okay. Um, in August 2015, in one single day, don't ask me for the specific date, but trust me, it was this month, over one billion people used Facebook in a single I have heard day. that stat. Okay. Another one from last year for you as well. Last year, by approximate estimations, it's believed up for a trillion photographs were taken. And of that trillion, several billions, billions of them were shared online. 
Now, you can say that you, know, you can add things on top of that, such as, yeah, you know, we hear kind of things like, you know, every two years, the entire previous history of um, human uh, collection of data is, uh, is, is created again on the web. Yep. That's an example of how that data volume is, is created. When, when you do a search, when you log a post on Twitter, on Facebook, and any other social media platform, you leave a trace, and that trace is data. Yep. And that digital exhaust that you leave is stored and saved somewhere. I, every second we create new data. Yeah. Every second it's estimated there are 40,000 search queries done on Google alone. Every second? Every second. 40,000. Now, don't get your calculators out, but I think that means it's something like 1.2 trillion searches per year. And that's just on Google. Yeah, right. you know, it, it's just it's staggering. So when we t t when we talk about big data, you think about everything that is collected, you know, in your personal and in your work life. So sending emails, sending um, social um, social comments, sharing a photo. Um, put in a, an entry in your CRM solution, um, issuing an invoice, receiving a, a bill. Um, you know, I don't think there's any wonder, I used a, a stat on a previous podcast, that um, I think we said that most industries at the minute, most businesses at the minute, use less than a percent of all the data that they collect. Now, uh, an interesting fact um, that I picked up from uh, a book by a guy called Bernard Ma, who wrote a very interesting book called Big Data, yes, we are all data geeks today, <laughs> is that at the moment, less than a half a percent of all data is ever analysed and used. Mm. Now, this is the, having bombarded you all with a load of stats, this is the important thing. If a half of a percent of all the data that is collected and gathered in the world today is used for some purpose today, imagine the potential. Oh, yeah. That's what big data is. And I think you've brought it from sort of that thousand-foot view right down into the reality of if we started to analyse more data, and I think that's hit the nail on the head. Big data is, is a pretty ubiquitous term for any amount of data, really. Because if you think big data could be um, a billion rows in an Excel spreadsheet, that's a pretty big data set. But that actual file is only going to maybe be a couple hundred meg, if that. Mm -hmm. Is that big data? But actually, it doesn't necessarily matter about the quantity of data. I think that's an ex oh, it's such an important point. Everyone gets hung up on, well, big data is you know, massive, you know, terabytes of data. It doesn't need to be terabytes of data. No. It really is what you do with it and actually how you analyze it. And the truth is, hit the nail on the head, it's not about, you know, having lots of data. It's about actually putting it to work. So, don't get me wrong. I think you're absolutely right that 
putting data to work is is part of the picture of mm-hmm. big data. But I think it's relevant to everyone in the channel. Yeah. From an infrastructure partner to an ISV to an SI to an MSP, CSP, you know, whatever you are. Because big big data, the the creation of and the capture of and the um what do we do with big yeah. data has a relevance to absolutely everyone. Yeah. It's yeah you power it down right to the very bones. You know, um building building out a an, an, an analytic tool or building out a, a view of the data that you've got, putting data to work, it doesn't just happen by magic. No. So, you know, you see new roles, new uh, new departments even in businesses uh, arise and evolve to to do exactly that. But actually, you know, there's knock-on problems whichever way you go up or down the value chain. Because, you know, w- when we kicked off this this whole series of podcasts, you know, one of the topics we covered was um, was IoT. We covered cloud as well. You know, but ultimately, they all drive data. We mm-hmm. as people, as I say, a vapor trail, we leave a trace, we create data. Yep. Solutions create data. Interaction with you know the people and the businesses and the machines around us creates data. Um, I think gone are the days where people throw it away because they don't think there's any use to it. More and more businesses today, more and more individuals today, I mean, everybody's probably got some sort of cloud storage account. Yep. I'll keep hold of that. Oh, no, I won't delete that. I'll just put it into a file folder. So we're all propagating this problem. And, you know, it's it's strange. You know, you see you see, see the evolution of things like, you know, we talked about software-defined. Yep. Uh, the software-defined data center. We talked about, you know, software-defined, or we've talk, spoken, touched on software-defined storage. Um, we're creating this massive volume of data, and it needs to go somewhere. But it, we need to be smart about it. We, you know, and, and big data starts off at there for me. It starts off at, you know what, we can talk about you know, putting sensors in a lamppost, putting sensors in a bin. It's going to create data. We can talk about you know, making a collaborative workspace online and being able to work all over Europe, but it creates data. It leaves a trail. What are we going to do? You know, there's another uh, throwaway comment that's used. Data is the new oil. Data is a <laughs> new resource. Yeah. So, you know, people aren't discarding it. People are, no. you know, businesses are deciding, well, right, you know what? I might actually have some IP in that. I might have some intelligence. I might have some value in that. I don't know how I'm going to unlock it or access it today, but I'm going to keep hold of it. Yeah. I'm not going to throw the baby out with with the bathwater sort of thing. And uh, and this is the thing, you know, it's it is really a case of... I mean, most people, I think, come at big data, and I think you know we'll find over the next half hour this is where we're going to go, is we admit, we know, we, we take for granted we're just going to create and store data. How do we use it? How do we put it to yeah. use? So one of the interesting things I always uh, sort of start looking at when I'm talking about a big data client is where on the, the road of big data adoption are they? And, and for me, there's three different types of, of big data customer. Um, there's the guys who, oh, actually there's four. There's guys who haven't done anything, but they are few and far between. Because mm-hmm. classification one for me is someone who thinks big data is the manipulation of spreadsheets. Excel is their big data tool. Which, by the way, is not 
a terrible idea because actually if that's what you like to use and you've got huge spreadsheets, that's fine. But the big thing for me is that don't call it big data, don't call it analytics. It's literally creating is very, very sort of mono um sort of dimension well the single dimension from a from the yeah. perspective of you're probably just looking at sales, you're probably just looking at customer satisfaction, you're probably just looking at one element of your business. And actually it's very limited in how it can start to enrich and br- and do this whole sort of taking different diverse data sources and seeing, hold on, is there insight that can be combined? So mm-hmm. that's that's the first customer, the mm-hmm. guys who think Excel is, is big data. And, let, and let's be frank, there are people who have built very successful multi-million pound businesses on oh. an Excel spreadsheet. Exactly. And the interesting thing is um, one of the latest um, connections or sort of uh, pieces of, of software that's been released by the big, big, big data companies mm-hmm. is a hook from Excel into Hadoop. So you can actually start yep. to use Excel as almost a modeling tool to then say, okay, so I've created my financial model, I've created my whatever on, on in Excel with a thousand records. Now go and take that model and apply it to a billion records at scale correctly in, in Hadoop. So yeah. actually, it's not the most ridiculous thing in the world. But what we're referring to really here is, is customers who, who don't do that. They just think that I've got my spreadsheets. I've got a thousand versions of them. Everyone's working on different ones. We've got macros left, right, and center to combine them all together. Bit of a disaster. So that's that's yeah. that's that's customer one. Customer two is the customer who, who is well aware that they need to store things. So they store everything. Yep. But they have no idea how to unlock that data yet. They have no idea how to unlock the value in that data. They are storing every email, every transaction, every web log, in the hope that one day someone will come along and go, and this is how you this is why you've been doing it. And this is how you turn all of that into really valuable insight about your customer and your business and how to make better decisions. And customer three is the customers who are real early adopters of of sort of uh, legacy analytics. So these are the guys who um, analytics was all about, you know, having a report run by IT, um, normally sort of, quite a long turnaround time sort of 6 to 12 hours to run a report mm. and they've built their business around that type of environment that type of turnaround time yep so essentially a very IT driven analytics environment now if i take those three different classifications and i say what would i like to start to classify my customers as when they are truly analytics the the sort of key things for me are analytics needs to be line of business so the tooling, the actual exploration tools need to be line of business. They need to be simple enough, Excel simple. And Excel is not simple, by the way. We've just all got used to using it. But they need to be simple, intuitive, very, very um, graphical and easy to sort of interpret. Yeah, I think, you have to t- I think you have to take the approach that, you know what, um, <coughs> treat, treat your your business dashboard, your analytics dashboard, as, as almost like a mobile app. There's not a set of instructions that's going to come with it. No. You know, it's if, if a sales manager, if an FD, if uh, an operations guy can't log in and, and with minimal training begin to extract the value that they mm. need and see how it relates to, to their job and their role, um, it won't get used. Yep, exactly. And interestingly, the first thing that we've spoken about when we are starting to actually quantify not what the problem is, but what the solution might be, is we've both just rattled on about the outcome. Yeah. That is the one single piece of advice I'd give to 
any person trying to do a big data project, anyone who's starting, is the data, the, the, the methodologies, the models, everything can come subsequently to the outcome. What is the outcome you are trying to achieve? Of all the, of all the different technologies we come across, cloud, SDDC, SDWP, all of those things. SDWP is sort of on the same track, but from, a, from the how do you quantify success, it's all about how did you know, the outcome. What did the outcome mm. look like compared to where you started? So, you know, is the outcome better decision-making capabilities? Yeah. Is the outcome a dashboard so that everyone can see and track where they are and where they were? Yep. Is the outcome something fully automated? So, for example... Um, you know, we take a, a range of data from across a, a particular area of London or, or another place in the UK, and then that actually automates lights coming on earlier or, um, you know, flood defences coming into play or any one of these sorts of technologies. It could just be literally a fully automated outcome. That is the most important thing because once you've understood the outcome, you can start to then work backwards to understand exactly what sort of data you need to create that outcome, yeah. what processes you need to go through to take that data, that diverse data sources, relatively sort of simplistic data sources, structured, unstructured, semi-structured data sources, and actually turn that into that valuable out- that valuable outcome. Mm. And I th- uh, yeah. What you're touching on there is, you know, it's we say big data. But it's relatively speaking, you know, big to me is different to big to you, yeah. which is different to big to Google. But actually, the problems and <clears throat> the business value that you can derive from the data that you've got, mm. you know what, it, it still scales. You know, it doesn't, well, doesn't matter if you're a mom and pop corner shop out, outfit or whether or not you are somebody like a, you know, a, a massive search engine or one of these huge global born on the cloud type players. Mm. You you will extract value relative to to the yep. data you collect. It's it's interesting that you said, you know, you started talking about structured, unstructured, open data and, and things like that. I'm where I live, we've um a city dashboard, which isn't heavily promoted, but you can go on it and it is a it's exactly what we said. It, it's it's a website and I can go on and I can see um, the number of planning applications that are in, uh, I can see, which is really useful for me, um, which uh, car parks in the city are, are free or empty. Yep. Yeah. Th- this is, you know, I look at that and I don't think, oh, it's a big data solution. Oh, it's gathering, it's gathering footfall data from car parks and from the city council and it's gathering it from various organisations and stuff, stuff like this. What I do is I think, right, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm, you know, I'm going to go see a customer, I'm going to go uh, do some shopping, I'm not going to take public transport, I'm going to, I need a parking space. Yeah, it's about the outcome for yeah. me. It's about being able to make better decisions. And oh, as you yeah, say, they're exactly. not always all about um, about business. As you say, it can be completely consumer grade. Yeah. Um, so one of the other sort of uh, things to say is that, as you said, and as we said right at the start of the podcast, big data is is very personal to that individual organisation, that individual yep. person. Whether it's a billion rows, but only a hundred meg in size, or a hundred terabytes with trillions and trillions of data points, mm-hmm. it's irrespective. What What's most important for me and what really defines a big data solution is when you start to use multiple data sources to actually create greater insights. So take sales data, for example. So yep. we had a customer recently, um, and I, I always 
refer back to this particular example, and they uh, they couldn't understand why on certain days they were seeing um, less. Uh, so Saturday A, Saturday B, Saturday A, shot would be full. Saturday B, shot would be quarter full compared to the previous Saturday. And they sort of just put it down to human nature and that's just the way it happened. But there was almost no correlation that they could see in their incredibly limited view, as in yep. stocking, as in um, the people they had on on the floor at that particular time in the mm-hmm. shop. They couldn't find a correlation. So what we did was we took the data set and we said, okay, well, let's start to enrich it with other bits of data. So we looked at weather, no correlation. The weather had nothing to do with that particular thing. So it wasn't that people were, it was raining. Then we started to say, okay, what other data sets do we have to access to? So we looked at traffic information. We overlaid traffic information to their sales data, yeah. and immediately we saw some spot, some holes in the data. We started to see, hold on, when there was roadworks on this particular main road into that sort of fed that particular um, retail park, yep. people were naturally turned off to go and, and sort of generally peruse and go to that shop unless you really needed to get there you didn't go so immediately we could start to say there's we've just found greater insight in your data by by basically taking another data source but a data source that was incredibly relevant to their business because their business was fed by the by the roads that then essentially led into the car parks that obviously people parked and went shopping in so immediately we could start to say there's your insight but then obviously the, the, the question then is well that's great but how does that help me to to go forward? And we said, well, what we'll do is we'll put a model in place that essentially says we will um, proactively look for any planning applications for roadworks on this road, but all the other roads surrounding this particular retail park. And what we'll do is when we find one, we'll write that into your um, staff planning system. And then you can essentially plan to put less staff in the office on the days when you know you're going to have lower footfall. So immediately you've got some, from actually understanding your data better by by combining it with other data sources, you've immediately been able to take a business action, make better decisions on staffing through really, really simple, um, sort of (laughs) relatively simple um, analytics. Now, this is the important thing to me, you know, all the way through that comment and that that example... (coughs) You've spoken about the business outcome. Yep. We have sat here and I've been nodding my head along with you because I absolutely get it and it's a really good example. Mm. But at no point have we talked about the underlying technology. At no, well, no point have we said, you know what, you're going to have difficulty doing this because this is the whole underpinning concept of yeah. big data that we can take our own data. We can enrich it. We have tools. Yep. There are tools that are out there that are readily available uh, that, to be frank, you know, I think the the astute students of today uh, and, um, you know, IT professionals, you know, they're already way ahead. They're already skilling up in, you know, these, these, op- these new open source, open standard type protocols and languages and getting to grips with the tools that are out there because, again... We referenced it in, I think it was the cloud podcast about, you know what? Uh, oh no, it was the second IoT podcast where we talked about, you know, potentially, ooh, machines taking over the world, robots taking our jobs. No, this is the shift. We see people evolving and changing 
their strategy to their role in in the system, their role in the solution. And and actually, we see things as I said earlier about you know what we see new roles, new areas of the, of the business, new teams, new industries being built up to service exactly this need. And that's not being driven by you know the the top one percent of businesses globally. That's because this whole idea and concept of driving value from your data. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's all the way through the stack. It's yeah. all the way through, the, you know, business sizes. It's not just limited to your yeah. Fortune 500 yeah. or your Fortune 1000. And I think that's one of the other important things to say is that although the underpinning technologies are, uh, for want of a better term, table stakes, yep. um, there is still a pattern to be followed and, and, and a, a pragmatic sort of... Um, technology stack that forms pretty much all big data systems. And I'd like to spend just a couple of minutes just touching on, on what those are so that our, our listeners understand what the different elements of a big data solution are. Because actually sometimes if you go into an organization and they have a very clearly defined um, business process around their analytics and that's not going to change overnight, what's the opportunity? How are you going to sort of get into that organization with an analytics message, well, actually, you may look at different layers of the analytical solution and look to increase or, or, or sort of augment or offset those particular elements to, to speed up the process to... Because, obviously, often that, that sort of end-user exploration tooling type piece is very difficult to augment. But, actually, what if it's taking them 6 or 12 hours to, to transform the data from where they got it into something that these tools can use or their end users understand. Well, there's there's, there's tools that can be... Weeks or months even. Uh, well, the thing is, I mean, I'd say 12 to 6 hours is probably legacy and you could actually improve that. So mm, yeah. I'm going to go through... So f- for me, there's, there's four different steps. There's ingestion, there's extract, transform, load, or, or commonly known as ETL, which is a, a very um, legacy term, but I think it's been brought... It's having a bit of a renaissance in my personal view <laughs> I have at the throwbacks moment. to my GCSE and computer science when you say ETL. Yep. But the truth is, the data will always need to be extracted from somewhere that it's been ingested from. It will need to be transformed in from something into something, even if that's yep. a simple, you know, from an integer to a, to a string value, from a, you know, from a... A thousand and different things. You know, it'll need certain bits of information possibly ripping out over time. Um, and then obviously loading into somewhere. Yep. that memory, database, uh, enterprise data warehouse. It, it doesn't really matter. It will need some level of storage. Yay. And then it will need some exploration tools. Mm-hmm. So actually there's four different areas. And, and then if you look at the different types of data that we then have in those four different areas which is your structured data, your semi-structured data, and your unstructured data. And for l- those listeners in the, in the audience who are squinting and, and pulling a funny face when I say semi-structured data, um, that for me and, and my personal clarification, and, and, you know, hey, it's my podcast, so, so sod it. I'm, I'm, this is, this is, this He's is on the, his soapbox. He's on his soapbox. On my soapbox. Semi-structured is essentially where you've got a relative amount of structure to the actual data, but one or two fields are complete gobbledygook so twitter for example is a great example of semi-structured data you have time date username location tweet body um blah 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 blah. but that tweet body everything the the structure of the data so i can completely understand everything and i understand where that tweet body is but the actual body of the tweet is like 
at so-and-so hashtag did I want what complete gobbledygook right so in that particular one field you need to apply some unstructured sort of uh, methodologies but that is semi-structured data and then fully unstructured data is things like natural language music video imagery where there literally is no structure whatsoever to it are you going to explain the elephant reference as well yes so obviously elephants are hadoop so we love hadoop um so essentially that's that's my sort of structure that's it's a my nice little matrix. It is a structure. It's a nice matrix. And it, it helps, I personally, I mean, we've used it quite successfully in the past to help our partners to actually navigate where customers are on the adoption cycle. Are they just in the explore area? Are they just in the store area? Would they benefit from being able to have more um, ingestion? Because obviously a lot of legacy systems are only able to ingest data from databases, from ERP systems. Yep. But the information from them is is incredibly limited in its in its ability to to expose really interesting insight so actually in the modern era we need to look at how we consume apis off the internet how we yeah. consume raw web data how do we you know if you're a travel organization or a hotel how do you um go and pull off every single review not just from your particular area or particular hotel, but from mm-hmm. all the hotels in your geographic r- location from, from TripAdvisor and start to start make informed decisions about where you should be improving or where you should be, um, you know, putting more effort or, or possibly, you know, putting less effort. Well, you get that by pulling pure web data off and understanding people's, what, how people have written about your website or your hotel and others around you. Mm-hmm. Um, then you might start to look at pure images, audio, video, um, you know, and work from there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you, you talk about sort of structured, semi-structured, unstructured, um, you know, ingestion, extract, store, explore. And, uh, uh, and when you look at it from sort of a mind map like that um, or a matrix like that, yeah, you quickly start to understand what's important for you as a business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the ingestion through to explore... Yeah, it's, you say, legacy, where we're at today, it's six to 12 hours. Um, well, is it standard? Can we, is there anything we can do to improve on it? Is it good enough? Are we bothered? Are we not bothered? Yeah. But this is where, you know, all of a sudden you might find yourself going down a, a route of, you know, thinking about things, big data from a fast data perspective. It's like, well, yes, it's, it's great to get that. It would be great to get that insight, but as things stand today, I'm never going to get it because I can't actually get the value out quick enough. You look at sort of, well, you know what? Um, yeah, you know what? We gather shed loads of image, audio, video, uh, but it's just unstructured data. Yeah. Um, well, is it unstructured? Because if it's a video from a CCTV, you'll have a geolocation stamp to it. You'll have a timestamp to it. There's value to be extracted from that. You know, there's there's... There's all sorts of different myriad of, of ways that you can now start looking at the data that you you bring in. There's a whole myriad of ways with the tooling that you've got where you can start to think, well, hang on a minute, I'm gathering that data. And in the past, we've never thought about getting this type of value out, but actually I can. Yep. Oh, and if I can augment it, if I can add if to can it enrich, from open source, enrich, exactly. enrich it, yeah, yeah. then actually I can, yes, I can derive value from for my business uh, for my customers for my employees that I never thought I could have because I always thought there were barriers behind it 
but I can also start to think about how it can derive value for others. Yeah. So my data becomes not just an asset for me, but an asset for other people. Uh, that's yeah, pretty special for me as well. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So as we come to the last few minutes, um, the last thing, and I'm pretty sure we've done this to death, but I want to I wanna just totally clarify. Outcomes of a successful big data project and ultimate goal, absolutely for me, is better decision-making capabilities or better information, capable, better making better informed decisions, it's all that sort of stuff. That is absolutely the outcome. It's the starting point, the outcome. You know, interestingly, last sort of uh, anecdote I have is that I was at a conference recently and uh, a bunch of techies in the room listening all about enterprise data warehouses. And uh, the guy stood up in front and said, what makes a good big data project and a good enterprise data warehouse? And he had every type of technical answer, speed, throughput, um, flexibility, and he literally stood there and went, no, needs to make money. And I thought, that's a great answer. So, ultimate ultimate goal of any big data solution, let's never ever take our eyes off, as much as it might be really, really tempting to get into the shiny box syndrome of Hadoop and all those good things, absolutely focus completely on making sure that business outcome is met. No, you're absolutely right. If you can turn around from, I won't say day one, but you can turn around very, very early in your project and say, if we embark upon this, the market potential, the cost saving, yeah, dumb it down to pounds, shilling and pence. Yeah. The return on spending X is Y. Yeah, by, making better, by, by making better decisions or quicker decisions, yeah. yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And on that bombshell, I think we're going to uh, we're going to bring this one to a close. Absolutely, though, I think we're going to have to have a more in depth um, and a few more podcasts on on big data because uh, it is such a big subject. <laughs> He's been waiting for half an hour hey, to get hey, that, um, that in. Uh, and uh, you know, teaching people you know how to eat an elephant is a uh, is a difficult task. Oh, oh I know, yeah, I know. That, was, know. that was awful. We, I we had chickens we've had chickens and kittens and now we've had elephants. Yeah, I apologize. I apologize. But anyway, on that note, thank you very very much for listening. Rich. Ah, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Yay. And uh pretty sure we'll see you next time. Yeah, glad you've had me back. <laughs> Wouldn't be the same without you. Ah, oh, bless. As per usual, our producer for today has been Hannah Jennings. My name's David Fern and uh, you've spent another half an hour listening to best Dan channel podcast on the net thank you very much and we shall see you next week thank you bye